1: One semester of law school. One semester of criminal justice. Two, Two. experts. I'm Kristen Caruso. I'm Brandy Egan. Let's, Let's go, go to, to court. court. On this episode, I'll talk
2: about nothing.
1: And I'll be talking about the murder of Randy Sheridan.
2: Mm. I took a little peeky week at your sources. Looks oh, yeah. It's like a local one.
1: Ooh.
2: Wonderful powers of deduction. All right, you don't have to condescend to me. <laughs> Very rude.
1: It does take place in Kansas, which is the state adjacent to the state
2: which we are currently in. Well, this is the fabulous banter we've become known for, isn't it? <laughs> no, I wanted to. I wanted to talk a little bit right off the top here. Yeah, yeah. Off the tippy top. Yeah. I wanted to say thank you to everyone who reached out after last week's episode. Um, Oh, last week was terrible. (laughs) So for anyone who hasn't listened to last week's episode, we had to put Peanut down on a Monday evening, and then we recorded on Wednesday. On
1: Wednesday, yeah.
2: And I remember at the time thinking, this is terrible. I don't know why I went through with this. I remember thinking, like, I wish... You would have just come over, we would have had lunch, and then that would have been, would have been it. it, yeah. But now that the episode is out there, I'm actually really glad that we did record that episode. Yeah. Because I think sometimes sometimes this podcast acts as like a snapshot uh-huh. of our lives at individual yeah. moments. And the way I was feeling about losing peanut at that moment was so unique to those first couple days. Yeah. Because in that episode, I was still struggling with feeling guilty Mm -hmm. about putting her down and wondering, oh, my God, could we have had another day with her? Could we have had another two days with her? Right. And it's so funny to listen to that now and to even listen to that like just, you know, we we listen to the edits over the weekend. And my perspective had totally shifted by then because by that point. I was able to see that realistically Peanut was going to live probably, I mean, maybe another 24 hours. Right. And when, and it would have been an extremely painful 24 hours Absolutely. for her. And I would have never forgiven myself. Norman would have never forgiven himself if we'd let her die that way. Yeah. Um, I think it just goes to show how incredibly difficult it is. To let your pet go? Oh my gosh! Yes, absolutely. And
1: they just—I mean—they're your family members. They're your children. Mm -hmm. They're yeah. It's yeah. It's a extremely unique relationship.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah, and I don't know. It's funny though because I always I thought you know if you had asked me, hey, you're going to be in a scenario where Peanut. You know has a disease that's going to end her life. Yeah. And one day she can't drink water. She can't eat. She's having trouble breathing. What do you do? I'd be like, well, I think the answer is quite simple. Yeah. And it's when it's your pet, it's, it's not. It's just not. It's not. Um, so I don't know. I, I hope that helps anybody I, out there. Who's I think it absolutely has. And the
1: feedback people have given has yeah. been, yeah. Yeah.
2: Someone in the Discord, and I can't remember their name, but I'm I'm so glad they said this. This was a huge help to me and to Norman. She said that when she was in that same position, her veterinarian said to her, better a day early than a day late. Yeah. And wow, is that true. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we let Peanut go at the onset of her suffering. And yeah. now now, <laughs> it's funny, a week later... I look back on that and I think I've never been more proud of a decision than absolutely made because that was so hard. But yeah, God, coming home from the vet and not having your pet with you—it just feels like the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. It just feels like, well, the, this can't possibly have been the right, right. thing. Yeah, Ugh. Mm. sweet peanut, miss that girl. So the most beloved dog. Oh my gosh! Yes. Yeah. All other dogs suck. (laughs) If you've got a dog next to you right now, it sucks. It sucks. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Dogs are great. Dogs are great. We don't deserve them. (laughs) No. No, we don't. So anyway, I just wanted to say that and thank you to everybody who reached out. It was really nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 See? <laughs> Including that old-timey gangster, see? <laughs> you missed your dog, see? <laughs>
1: Stop it. Kirsten, uh, did uh, you watch that uh, Super Bowl this week? Oh, my God. Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> I had, it was terrible. I had to have Norman explain to me what was what happening. What went so horribly wrong? I thought we were supposed to be good at this
1: game. Oh, no. It was so, so bad. I've never gone from being so excited
2: for a game to just, like, completely feeling, like, dejected (laughs) so fast. I got to say, that was real lame. It was. It was a super lame game. It was terrible. Uh It was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. was real real bad well unless you're a Buccaneers fan Uh, yeah if you're a Buccaneers fan I'm sure in which case hats off to you congrats can you imagine like I mean you'd just basically be drunk and happy the whole time right because it's like well we are not even putting up a (laughs) fight (laughs) yeah
1: exactly (laughs) all right enough about speaking of murder (laughs) Mm. here we go Speaking of the chiefs being murdered by the buccaneers, should we talk about a murder? I got it's a question. It's not like a real
2: upbeat murder. Just well, <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. They're so often upbeat. Got a question. What? The last name Sheridan. Yeah. Any relation to Sheridan's Frozen it Custard? Is the owner of the custard company. No, you're making it's that not. up. It's not I'm making that sure? up.
1: That's no no relation to my knowledge to the the fabulous heirs custard. to the cr- custard
2: fortune. Can you imagine being an heir to a custard fortune?
1: <gasps> that sounds like your dream. Yeah, <laughs> that would yeah. be better than like a an actual fortune. <laughs> if you think about just it, rich in custard. Think oh, about the it. what were the things you like the ras? What's the raspberry thing from custard? The Razzle the razzle
2: when they throw raspberries at your vagina. At your vagina. It's cooling. <laughs> no. Okay, let me tell you what I love okay. from Sheridan's frozen custard. Is it local only? Yeah, oh, it's, it's local. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, You guys, let me just... Oh. I'm going to paint a picture <laughs> with words. Okay, the last time we talked about custard, our international
1: listeners did not know what the fuck we were talking about.
2: I know, and that's how we ruled out international travel. <laughs> <for ourselves>. <laughs> <laughs> no, check this out. It is... A very moist chocolate bunt cake. Uh-huh. Very small. Okay. Mini bunt. A buntlet, if you will. Please do not add to what <laughs> I'm painting. To the picture I'm painting <laughs> I here. I apologize. Okay. There's vanilla frozen custard.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Which is like super thick, creamy ice cream. Delicious. Yeah. There's hot fudge mm-hmm. all over it. There's oh delicious raspberries and a raspberry sauce. Don't make that face. It's, and on those raspberries are little tiny hairs and seeds. <laughs> <laughs> it's delicious. In high school, I was so in love with this dessert. Still am. Mm-hmm. But I was so in love, and you told me, no, I that sounds gross. I don't like raspberries. And I was like, Brandy, you will love it. I am buying it for you. And then you took a few bites, and you were like, yeah, like I said, I don't like I don't like, like it. it. <laughs> So I think I got two razzle dazzles that did, day
1: because I what didn't eat it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> huh? Razzle dazzle, huh? That's what it's that's what it's called. Yeah. All right. Well, this is a different Sheridan family, to okay. my knowledge. That's not a the shame. not the owners of the. But no, for real. Sheridan Can you imagine custard?
2: <gasps> you're okay. First Amazing. of all, yeah, you're rich from custard. Yeah. Um, you're obviously not super, super rich. super rich, but you know you're doing you're, you're doing you're, all right. You're doing well. Yeah. You're doing well, and you get. All the custard you want, all the time, and when you tell people, "Oh, my name is Brandy Sheridan," everyone's face lights up. They're <laughs> like, "Oh my god, I love the Razzle Vajazzle!" And you're like, "Of course you do. Of Everyone course. does." <laughs> That'd be the best way to be rich. That'd be good. Yeah, it'd be pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Well, some people are rich from like running sweatshops and stuff. Well, yeah, I don't want to the rich. Sheridans. People, <laughs> not the
1: Sheridans. People. No. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean it'd be pretty good. Your lack of enthusiasm <laughs> is just not welcome <laughs> here. All right,
1: let's talk about Randy Sheridan's murder. Okay. Shout out to Oxygen. The majority of this info comes from <laughs> their coverage of the case. What are you
2: laughing at? My hands? Sorry, no, I did jazz hands. I was thinking of like, oh, like shout Oxygen. Out to Oxygen in general <laughs> for keeping for us keeping alive. Me alive. <laughs> All these years never failed me. <laughs> Serious time. All right.
1: It was around three fifteen in the afternoon on december twenty second, nineteen ninety two, when a shocking discovery was made along the side of the road in Junction City, Kansas. Do you know Junction City, Kansas, Kristen? I think I do. It's about two hours west of Kansas City on I-70. It's um, where Fort Riley is. Okay. Okay. It's like
2: basically almost to Manhattan. All right. Okay. Boy, I'm glad I didn't take a guess because I was going to be way (laughs) Way off. off? Yep. (laughs) I threw in
1: that last part about almost to Manhattan. I feel like somebody's going to call me out and be like, actually, it's, um, it's
2: past Manhattan or actually it's like 30 more minutes to Manhattan. So just forget I said that part. My favorite part. (laughs) <laughs> is when people come out and they tell you things you got wrong.
1: It's my least favorite part, Kristen. Because <gasps> I know.
2: <laughs> this is one of the ways that you and I are different. Yeah, I really you don't. don't give a shit. No, yeah. no. <laughs> That's the tough thing about being smart, Brandy. It's tough. <laughs> it's tough for you because it's tough because my, my I admitted this in the Discord
1: today. Yeah. My one of my biggest fears is sounding uneducated. Yeah, and so I have then chosen to speak in front of a microphone for <laughs> two hours a week every week
2: uh-huh. and just record
1: everything I say. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but see, I have never thought of myself. As particularly smart at all. And so when I mess something up, I'm just like, yeah, that's that happens a lot. The way the cookie (laughs) grumbles. Just another day in paradise. All
1: right, so a shocking discovery is made. It's three fifteen. Exasperate the problem, Brena. Stop it, you
2: asshole. I'm exacerbated by the number of times you mess up words.
1: (laughs) It was 3.15 in the afternoon, Kristen, December 22nd, 1992, when a shocking discovery was made. Hmm. It was the body of 40-year-old Randy Sheridan. He was lying face up on the gravel on the side of the road, and he'd been shot five times with a shotgun. Oh, He'd been shot twice in the chest, once in the neck, and twice in the head. While it was clear that Randy was dead, his body was still warm to the touch. An autopsy would later determine, based on the trajectory of the shots, that while Randy had been out for a run on an unseasonably warm December day, someone had driven up alongside him and shot him from inside the vehicle three times. Then, once he'd fallen onto the ground, the shooter had gotten out of the car and shot Randy twice in the head at close range. In fact, one of the shots had been a contact shot. Authorities were stunned by the brutality of this crime. Things like this just didn't happen in Junction City, Kansas. Junction City's not super small. I think it's like 20,000 people. But he lived in a particularly rural part Mm -hmm. of Junction City. So this was like, yeah, it looked like a
2: hit. Well, it was, right? Yeah, I mean... (laughs) mean, (laughs) Was it Kristen? Well, I mean, the dude was shot five, five times. Five times, yeah.
1: Shortly after the discovery, authorities went to the home that Randy shared with his partner Judy Jungins. Jungins? Jungins. okay, or Youngins, maybe. Okay, Could be like a you know like a Carl Jung situation, where it's like a J in the front. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, to deliver the news of Randy's death, Judy was shocked and devastated by the news. She told authorities that she had just spoken to Randy around 3 o'clock that afternoon. He told her he was going for a run, and obviously that story checked out. Randy was wearing a jogging suit and was found dead less than a mile from his house. Judy consented to allowing the police to search her home, and while they found no evidence of the crime there, they did sit down with Judy and get a lot of helpful information. Judy admitted to investigators that she and Randy had a very complicated relationship. They had married in 1981, but they had separated within a year and divorced shortly after that. They'd reconciled a couple of times, even remarrying once, but they divorced again following that marriage. Then in 1986, they'd reconciled again, though they hadn't remarried that time. And then they'd had a daughter together. And things had been really good for the couple since welcoming their daughter. The stress in their life was not coming from inside their marriage, which didn't exist because they were divorced. <laughs> I'm gonna hit that again. The stress no, th- don't
2: <laughs> we will keep all of your errors in this podcast. Damn it. <laughs> Randy, are you familiar with like what a marriage is? you that explain to you?
1: Judy then told investigators that Randy was in the middle of a major custody battle over his other daughter. So during one of their off periods, Randy had had this like fling or relationship or affair, whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. with this woman named Dana Flynn. Dana was 10 years younger than Randy, and according to Randy, their relationship had never been serious.
2: What were their ages when they got together?
1: Mm. Mhm. Mhm. 25 and 35?
2: Oh, okay.
1: Maybe maybe okay. maybe 23 and 33? Mhm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 um so they've been kind of on again off again and then They'd had just not a serious relationship, just, you know, hooking up here and there. Mm -hmm. And then in 1985, Dana had given birth to a daughter, and she told Randy that he was the father. Following confirmation of that claim through a paternity test, Randy had set up regular visitations, paid child support, done all the stuff. He was a present figure in his daughter's life. And Randy and Dana had been able to have a mostly peaceful co-parenting relationship. That was until a couple of years before this. Judy told investigators that Dana started fighting over visitation towards the end of 1989. At first, it started with Dana simply refusing to hand over their daughter for agreed-upon weekend visits. But when Randy threatened to take Dana to court over it, she agreed to follow the visitation schedule. But when Randy would pick up his daughter, she would cry and scream and fight and... On multiple occasions, she, a young child, Mm -hmm. like five years old, six years old, she accused Randy of being the devil or doing the devil's work. Super weird shit for a small child to say. This behavior would only go on, like, on Friday night, though. On Saturday morning the girl would wake up happy and the weekend would be fine. Randy's daughter with Dana was very close in age to his daughter with Judy, and after getting through those weird Friday night antics, the family would have a great weekend together. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Randy was so concerned about what his daughter might be being exposed to at her mother's house that he started taking her to a child psychologist. And around that time, Dana again put up a fight with the visitation schedule. This time, though, she made claims that Randy was molesting their daughter. She made this claim on two separate occasions, and both times a full investigation was launched by Kansas SRS and the Department of Family Services. On both occasions, the investigators found the claims to be without merit they found no indication of any abuse having occurred and in fact they actually believed that dana was heavily influencing and coaching her daughter in these claims
2: oh god that's fucked up
1: yeah the evaluators in both cases so these has been there's two separate investigations with two separate teams of people investigating it mm-hmm. and in both cases They noted that they were concerned that there was coaching going on with the child and that the allegations and the manner in which they were being made were done in an effort by Dana to gain an advantage in a child custody dispute. This information was relayed to Dana's attorney, and he basically told her, look, this is very serious. Mm -hmm. Knock it off or you're at risk of getting your daughter taken away.
2: Right, right. Yeah.
1: But that ship had kind of sailed at this point because Randy had had enough and he had already started the process of getting primary custody of his daughter. Mm -hmm. In going through this process, Randy decided to reach out to Dana's ex-husband, Steve Flynn. So he knew that Dana and Steve had a daughter or had a son together. He asked him if he'd been having custody issues or behavioral issues, and Steve had a very similar story to tell. On the occasions that he was able to see his son, he'd pick him up and his three-year-old son would scream and fight and say he didn't want to be away from his mom. And then he'd tell Steve that he was of the devil. Oh,
2: Lord.
3: hmm
1: Steve told Randy that he knew where this influence was coming from. When Steve and Dana. The devil. Did, the devil, that's right. When Steve and Dana were still married, they began attending the Pentecostal Fountain of Life Church in Salina, Kansas. The church was led by Pastor Jerry A. Rollins. Pastor Rollins was known to speak in tongues and claimed to be one of God's prophets.
2: Cool. Super cool. It's just amazing when you can run into one of God's prophets. prophets just out here in Salina, Kansas. How lucky are we? Uh-huh.
1: It was right about the time that they began attending this new church that the custody and behavioral issues really started to ramp up between Randy and Dana. Mm-hmm. Randy had used this as leverage in his custody suit, arguing that his daughter was being influenced by some pretty out-there ideologies and that this church was really teetering on the edge of cult status.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And Judy told investigators that Randy's custody case was going really well. They had actually just had a hearing the day before Randy was murdered. To determine whether or not Randy's daughter could join the family on a ski trip to Colorado for Christmas. And the court had determined that she could. This was a big win for Randy. Yeah. And a big blow for Dana. It showed that the court was leaning in Randy's favor. And Randy's attorney believed a decision would be reached in the overall matter of custody with like right after the first of the year. Yeah. Yeah. The day that Randy was shot and killed was the day that Dana was supposed to hand over custody for the ski trip. Oh, my God. Investigators had heard enough. They were like, we got to go speak to Dana, like, right this minute. Mm-hmm. And they also thought they ought to pay Pastor Rollins a visit as well. See what was going on in that He church. seems like
2: a pretty busy guy. I He's mean, a prophet. He was probably busy talking to God at probably. the time. And washing blood off his hands. <laughs> If I'm wrong, just tell me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just as they were wrapping up their interview with Judy, she remembered something that had happened the week before. Randy and Judy had gotten two phone calls in the middle of the night, somewhere between 3.30 and 4 a.m. Judy had picked up the first call, and there was no one there. When she answered the second call, she heard a male voice say, die or dead. She couldn't Ooh. be sure which one. But Randy had, like, grabbed the phone away from her yeah. and taken over and he had said a couple things and then listened. And then he had said, why don't you grow up, Mikey? Which was the nickname of Dana Flynn's brother, Michael Dryling. It was like his childhood nickname mm-hmm. and he hated it. Oh. Yeah. So after getting all of this information from Judy, the investigator spoke to Randy's attorney to confirm the details that she'd given them about the custody battle. And Mm -hmm. he backed up everything she'd said. It was as good as done. The court was going to decide in Randy's favor. And Dana had been very upset by the previous day's hearing. And he had one more little tidbit for them. He told them to investigate Jerry Rollins and the Fountain of Life Church. There was definitely something going on there. And so upon leaving Judy that day, that's exactly where they started. They went to Jerry Rollins' house and waited for him to come home. He arrived home that evening with his son, and he allowed detectives to come in and have a talk with them. And they started out by asking him where he'd been around 3 o'clock that afternoon. And he was like, Oh! I was at Walmart at 3 o'clock buying a toothbrush. And they're like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah, actually, (laughs) here's my receipt right here in perfect condition for you. Amazing. And they were like... What the fuck? Yeah. Like, he literally had it ready to go yeah. in his pocket uh-huh. and pulled it out and handed it to them. It was, like, framed. <laughs> <laughs>
2: he laminated
1: it. Yes. Amazing. And they're like, oh, okay, well, that's super fucking weird. Uh-huh. And super sus,
2: as the kids say. They sure do. <gasps> Have you heard mm. that a way... <laughs> that people can tell that you're old is if you use the crying laughing emoji which i use what? all the time Not even, that's yes. a sign that you're old yeah wow. apparently the the young kids they they use a little more variety in their emojis <laughs> anyway just a little tip all right we're stopping I'm, using that immediately i'm 23 so i have to tell you these things <laughs>
1: I learn all of my stuff about the
2: what the hip kids are doing from mm-hmm. my fiancé, who's 12. <laughs> wow. Brandy, that's a big step that you can make that joke. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so they're sitting with the pastor, and he's mm-hmm. like, well, yes, here's my alibi on a silver
2: platter. I yeah. was at Walmart buying a single toothbrush. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Has anyone ever gone into a Walmart and bought a single no! thing? No. No.
1: Because why would you go to Walmart to buy a single thing,
2: right? You go to like
1: Walgreens or CVS. Here's the
2: thing. I have often gone into a store like Walmart or Target for a single thing, thinking I want this thing. But you never just get the one thing. I'm not going to go to Walmart though for a toothbrush because
1: no. I got to walk through a whole store to get the toothbrush and then walk through their one checkout line.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to Walgreens. What about the ambiance of a Walmart? No, so yeah, nice. I just love
1: how my feet stick to the floor. <laughs> it's beautiful there. I might go. Now, this is my snobbery showing. I might go to Target for a toothbrush, but then I'd just be lying to myself that that's mm-hmm. all I'm going to get there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to mm. wander through the accessories, yep. check out the makeup. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Just look at the baby clothes. Absolutely. I'm going to do all of those things. Yeah. But I am never going to go to Target with the intention of buying one item. Just like I'm not going to go to Walmart with the intention of one item. Yeah. If I'm getting one item, I'm going to a much smaller store. Yeah. And that's all I have to say about it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Please, go into greater detail. You know where I, you know where I go for my toothbrushes? No. Ross. Ross?
1: sell <laughs> toothbrushes at Ross.
2: <laughs> you probably get an electric toothbrush at Ross. Well... I mean, it'll work one time. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> no
1: shade to Ross. I uh, know. I love Ross. <laughs> but you can't buy, like, a Colgate toothbrush
2: there. You can never go into... I'm sorry. We need to move on from yes. this. But, like, I my thing is, like, there are certain stores, Ross, TJ Maxx, yeah. what have you, you can't go in there thinking, I want to buy this thing. No, no, It's no. like, yeah. I want to see what's it's what there. they have, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? Wouldn't you think my
2: collection's complete? (laughs) So they're in the
3: pastor's home.
2: Wouldn't you think I'm a girl? (laughs) A girl girl who who has has
1: everything.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, this podcast has too many tangents. That's
1: right, it does. I'm exacerbated
2: (laughs) by this problem. You guys. (laughs) A couple weeks ago. Was it? Two weeks ago. It was like, yeah, two weeks ago. Brandy said exasperated when she meant exacerbated. Yeah. I didn't catch it in the moment. Yeah. I did hear it on the edit. Oh, I, I, didn't, like, I didn't catch
1: it in the moment, didn't hear it on the edit. Would have bet you money that I said exacerbated.
2: Well, I heard it on the edit and I was like, fuck, because there's, you know, there's nothing you can do. You know, you can't cut the word because you need, so anyway, I was like, Brandy is just an idiot. I mean, that's just. (laughs) (laughs) No, so some people have pointed it out. Brandy's super embarrassed. And now it's a fun thing. (laughs) Yeah. Is it fun? (laughs)
1: It's fun for
2: me. (laughs) (laughs) It's fun because I've never messed up a word. Never, never. no. (laughs)
1: Anyway, back to my story. So you
2: exasperated. You guys, Brandy had to flip through a dictionary just to make sure. You was- stop it! <laughs> So they ask the
1: pastor while they're in his house if they can look around a little bit. And he's mm-hmm. like, sure, I've got nothing to hide here, mm-hmm. nothing up my sleeve except this Walmart receipt yep. in perfect condition. And they find a box of shotgun shells in his home. And he acts super fucking weird when they find him. He's like, oh, I've never seen those before. I don't even know how those got there. They must be my son's. My son used to have a a shotgun, but he doesn't have it anymore. I don't even know what he did with it. I think he sold it. Maybe. I'm not sure.
2: Hold the fucking phone. Yeah. You go shoot a guy. (laughs) And you don't get rid of all the evidence? Maybe you didn't shoot the
1: guy. Maybe you gave the supplies to somebody else to shoot the guy.
2: Okay. Fair enough, because you're Uh the prophet. You're not going to get your hands dirty. You don't then get rid of right, right. God didn't give him a big brain. I'll tell you uh, that. Yeah.
1: So he, they're like, "Wow, you sure have a lot to say about those shotgun shells." Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. like, um, 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 "I really don't know how those got here." Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Mind if we take them?" And he's like, "Yes, I do mind." Oh. And they're like, okay. No problem. And so they come back Why? with a warrant and they take the shotgun shells. Why did he mind?
2: <laughs> I hate it when I'm just like walking through my house and oopsies. Oh, shotgun, shotgun shells. shells. <laughs> Jeez, where did these come from again? <laughs> so
1: after leaving the pastor's home, they're like, okay, let's go to Dana Flynn's house right now. It was almost 1 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. They were like, we're going to catch her off guard. This will work to our advantage. She'll be maybe asleep. Maybe we'll catch her, like, you know, just kind of waking up. And she, she won't be able to put, you know, process things as much. She won't be able to yeah. lie to us as quickly. So they go to her house. But Dana's awake. It was like she was expecting them.
2: At and what time did they show up?
1: It was a little after 1 o'clock in the morning. Hmm. Yeah. So they knock on the door. She comes to the door. She's been awake. She doesn't seem that surprised to see them. And she doesn't. They tell her that Randy has been found murdered. And she has no reaction to it at all. So this is kind of interesting to me because one thing that I saw made a big deal about this, how she didn't have any reaction to this. It was like she already knew it. But I would argue that. Even if she had nothing to do with his murder, Mm -hmm. she would have had to have known by now because he'd never come to pick up his daughter as scheduled.
2: Okay, Yeah. And it's a small town. Yeah. I mean, okay, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, they ask her where she'd been that day. And she said that she'd taken her kids to school that morning as usual. And then she'd gone to work. But then when she was at work, she'd been so upset. Because of the previous day's custody hearing that she'd actually had to leave work. So she'd left somewhere around noon. She went to a payphone and she called her mom and said... Oh, right. 90s. Sorry. Yes. 92. Um, Mom, can you please pick up the kids from school today? I can't do it. I'm just... I'm really upset about Mm -hmm. the events of yesterday. And her mom was like, yeah, no problem. I'll pick up the kids. And then... She went and spent the rest of the day at her mom's house. Called the mom and then. Uh Uh-huh. And then went and spent the rest of the day there. She was there until at least 7 p.m. Noon to 7 p.m. Hanging out with her mom at her mom's house. Even though she called her mom.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, her mom could say, hey, you seem upset. Why don't you come on over? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what happened. But But it's probably not. Yeah, the investigators
1: are like, "Uh uh-huh, so you called your mom and asked her to pick up the kids, but then you went to your mom's house and you spent the whole rest of the day at your mom's house and only your mom can say that you were at your mom's house. Mm -hmm. She's like, exactly, yes. And they were like, great. And here's a receipt from my mom's (laughs) house. From my mom's house. (laughs) (laughs) And so not really getting anywhere with Dana's version of events. And so then they were like, okay, Maybe we should talk to Michael because Judy had said that they had gotten that threatening phone call the week before. Mm -hmm. And so the next – I think they waited until the next morning. They go and talk to Michael. This is Dana's brother. He and Dana worked together. And Michael had not worked that day either. But he had a whole reason why. So his knee was bothering him. And he had – a like a consult with like an orthopedic surgeon that day to get his knee looked at and so he'd taken off work because he couldn't work with the bad knee and so he'd spent the whole afternoon with his sister dana at her house oh wow and they were like oh yeah you were with your sister dana
2: did these people really not figure out like hey we've got to get our stories didn't
1: talk at all
2: yeah, Have they ever watched Dateline?
1: Apparently not. Apparently not. So they're like, okay, so you spent the whole afternoon with Dana at, at Dana's, Dana's house. house. And he's like, yes, I was there all afternoon. Mm. And they're like, are you sure about that? And he's like, no. <laughs> actually, now that I think about <laughs> okay. it, I drove by Dana's house okay. and I saw her car there and then my girlfriend Took me to my doctor's appointment for my knee and I had that. And so, no, I was never at Dana's house, but I did see Dana at her house when I drove by. All right. And they were like, cool, excellent. And so they're like, okay, well, these guys are fucking lying.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Obviously, mm-hmm. they have no alibi for the time that randy sheridan was murdered yeah so they're putting together a pretty good idea of what had happened but they still wanted to do some more looking into how involved jerry rollins was in all of this Mm -hmm. and so they go and they talked to jerry rollins ex-wife leanna rollins so she, they were kind of routed there by some members of the church. They started talking to different members of the church about this. Why same did time. she
2: divorce a prophet? I mean, what so an
1: opportunity here, to be. I will tell you why, Kristen. Okay. okay, Leanna Rollins thought Dana was great. Very uh, constant member of the church. Very involved. Mm-hmm. Sought some marriage counseling from Jerry when she was having troubles with her oh, with her no. marriage. Um. Didn't work out. Dana ended up getting divorced. And for a time, Dana didn't have anywhere to live after her divorce.
2: Oh, my God. And
1: so she moved in with Jerry and Leanna Rollins. Uh They took her in, her and her kids, and they stayed there for a while. And then one morning, Leanna woke up and Jerry wasn't in bed. It was really early. So she got up and she was walking through the house. Oh, God. And she couldn't find Jerry. He wasn't in the kitchen. He wasn't in the garage. Oh, this sucks.
2: This sucks. And so
1: she walked to to Dana's door and she knocked on Dana's door. And Dana's like, what? I'm just in here getting dressed. And Mm -hmm. she's like, have you seen Jerry? And she's like, oh, he just went outside. He's outside. Mm
2: -hmm. And so
1: Leanna went outside, checked the yard, no Jerry. And at this time, she's like, okay, something is up. Yeah. So she goes inside, she goes and she just like whips open <gasps> Dana's door. door. And there's Jerry getting dressed yeah. in Dana's bedroom. So she's pissed. Yeah, and Jerry's like, "No, no, this is not what it looks like. Oh. I am a prophet from God. Oh my God, I'm simply ministering to her. Ew. I got a message from God this morning that I needed to deliver to her with my through penis. my penis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. yeah, and so Leanna's like, mm mm." At the time it maybe seemed like she was like willing to maybe give him the benefit of the doubt for a second, but she definitely started to have her suspicions from that point. That something was going on yeah. between Jerry and, and Dana.
2: Well, that'll do it. And
1: then a couple days later, Leanna found a receipt. It was from a company called Adam and Eve.
2: Oh no. Yes. A fine company. Fine <laughs> company. <laughs> but not the receipt you yes. want to find when you it suspect your It was an
1: invoice. Yeah, it was an invoice for some sex toys okay. that were purchased in Jerry's name and delivered to Dana's address. Yeah. And that that was enough proof for Leanna. She moved out that day. Yeah. And then filed for for divorce. So she tells investigators this, that, you know, they can say all day long that they are just, you know, he's her pastor and she's a parishioner, but they are having an affair. Absolutely. And so when they went and did that secondary search of the pastor's house where they went and took the shotgun shells mm-hmm. with the warrant, they also found a couple of things. They found a card, like a greeting card, that said, to my wife, blah, 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 something on the on the front. And then on the inside, it said Dana's name and it said, love your husband, Jerry. Ew. Yeah. Yeah, okay. no, no, not a fan, not mm-hmm. a fan. And then they also found a copy of that invoice from Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. And on the top of it, someone had written, praise the Lord.
2: <laughs> what? Yes. So what... Actually- well, hold on. Why would you even, why would you make a copy of that in the okay. first place? so what happened
1: is news of this invoice spread After Leanna left Jerry. Uh And so somehow Randy Sheridan got his hands on it, made a bunch of copies of it that said and wrote, Praise the Lord on the top of it, and sent it to a bunch of church members.
2: Randy, that was rude. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's so. There, people
1: yeah. were aware. What
2: did they order off Adam
1: and I don't know! Really?
2: All that they Brandy. said were,
1: were sex toys. That's, that's a wondering. wide range of things. I know, it could be
2: anything. It could
1: be anything. Yeah. So they continue talking to different members of the church after, you know, getting this information, and they find out that not only were people pretty suspicious that Jerry and Dana were having an affair... Mm-hmm. Jerry was actually giving testimony, like on the pulpit, as prophecies from God that Randy was evil. Oh. And that God would intervene. He would take care of it.
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: How big was this congregation? Not
1: very big. I I don't get the impression. I mean, it wouldn't be. No.
2: It <laughs> would not be.
1: Yeah. Oh. So they are getting all of these pieces and they're like, okay, this looks good. We've got motive. We've got no alibis for both Michael and Dana. We've got opportunity. We've at least found ammunition. Mm-hmm. They never did find a murder weapon. But they didn't think that they had enough. Everything was circumstantial. Yeah. And so they searched for the murder weapon, Search for their murder weapon. Nothing ever happened. Two years went by. Really? Yes. They didn't feel they had a strong enough case. Okay. I know. I don't know. It seems pretty cut and dry.
2: It sure does. Yeah. I mean, when the criminals are this
1: dumb. Yeah. So two years go by. And finally, a witness comes forward that says that they saw Dana drive her car through the automatic car wash twice in a row at 5 o'clock on December 22nd. Wow. So, first of all, that that totally negates what she said about being at her mom's house. And, hmm, was she trying to wash blood off of her car?
2: No, you know how sometimes you go through a car wash and you're like, "Wee, that (laughs) was fun, I want to go again. I must go again. <laughs> so
1: following this, they they organize a grand jury. They mm-hmm. present all of this evidence. And an indictment is given for Jerry Rollins, for Dana Flynn, and for Michael Dryling. But something happened. Okay. I only saw this one place. Mm-hmm. But they introduced some piece of evidence that was like newfangled satellite technology. It was a satellite picture of the supposed crime scene. Okay. And they laid out like, this is where his body was. This is where a car would have driven. Like, they laid all this out. They produced this as evidence for the grand jury. Well, it turns out that the actual picture that they presented as evidence was taken one year prior to the murder. Oh. Yeah. And so that indictment for all three of them was thrown out because that testimony was misleading. Yeah. They presented it like it was a picture of the crime scene on the day it happened. Yeah. And it wasn't. Yeah. And so they had to throw out that indictment and then they had to convene another, like the grand jury again and present a whole new thing. And again, they brought down indictments for For Jerry Rollins, Dana Flint, and Michael Dryling, So Dana and Michael were were indicted for first-degree murder, conspiracy to commit first-degree murder, and conspiracy to commit perjury because they'd lied about Mm -hmm. their alibis. They'd lied about a whole bunch of shit. Anyway, Jerry Rollins was actually charged with the same thing. So they couldn't place him at the crime. But they believed that he had planned this and he'd put it all in motion. Yeah. So that those indictments came down in October of 1994. Almost immediately. Jerry Rollins entered an Alford plea. Oh, wow. He took a deal. Uh-huh. He agreed to plead Alford plea. So essentially mm-hmm. guilty to two counts of aiding a felon. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. So So the
2: Alford plea is when you, it's basically a guilty plea where you're basically saying, I acknowledge that you have enough enough evidence to convict me. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So he, they, I don't know why. I think it's a weird, they didn't have anything concrete tying him to this, Uh but that is a hell of a deal. He gets conspiracy to commit murder taken completely off there, murder uh taken completely off there, pleads to two counts of aiding a
2: felon. Did he agree to cooperate
1: no, he. To, oh, wow. I don't believe he testified.
2: Wow, they just like gave him the uh-huh. sweetheart deal, didn't they? Well, he's
1: a God's prophet.
2: Oh, right. I forgot. He
1: got the prophet deal. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he
1: served four months in prison and then he went right back to his ministry. Just kept on leading his creepy ass church. Oh, okay. Yeah. I dare you to go there. Oh. You do? Oh my God, Brandy. I, just, I mean just I just want to drive by it. I don't want to go in.
2: They probably suck me right in, Kristen. What if what if they had a banner out? hmm Free cinnamon rolls. <laughs> hmm? Yeah, I'd go in and get a cinnamon roll. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what if they were like
1: Do you have time to
2: talk about our Lord and Savior Jesus no, Christ? No, no, no. That's not how they'd approach you. Uh-huh. You'd be like, Oh my gosh, you've got such a glow about you. Please. Sit down. There's something special about you. You
1: fucking wait until I get to the end of this fucking story, (laughs) Kristen. Okay. Okay. Hold, keep (laughs) your fucking pants on. Hold your fucking horses. All right. We will get there. Okay. I'll hold hold my horses and my pants. Thank you. Okay. So he's taken care of. He takes an Alfred plea, spends four months, bing, bing, boom, he's back in the altar. Okay. Dana and Michael were tried together. At their trial, the prosecution told the jury that this was a simple case. Dana was at serious risk of losing custody of her daughter. So she asked her brother to help her get rid of the obstacle. Mm. They said Dana drove the car, Michael fired the shots, and it was all set in motion by Jerry Rollins. The prosecution put witnesses on the stand to testify about the custody battle. They talked about the whole thing. They had current and former church members testify about how Jerry Rollins prophesied and preached from the pulpit that Randy was a bad man, an evil man, and that God would take care of it. Co-workers of Dana and Michael testified that they had each offered money to help them firm up their alibis in what? the months After the murder. What? Yes. Both of them had approached multiple people and were like, hey, if I shoot you a hundred bucks, can you say I was hanging out with you at this time on this day? No, I can't, No, I cannot. No, I cannot.
3: What would
2: you do if someone came up to you? Would you immediately call the FBI? Absolutely. I wouldn't even stop with the mayor. (laughs) I honestly... I would be thrilled. So would I. I'd be like, I'd be like, oh Mom, yeah, really oh, hold on. That's... Hold on. Um,
1: no reason. Can you just say that again real quick <sighs> since I get out my cell phone here? No worry I'm just texting, not recording anything. <laughs> uh,
2: oh, oh, it'd be great. <laughs> oh, I
1: would lose my mind if someone was like, "Hey, I need you to help me out. Mm-hmm. Got myself
2: in a sticky situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you just say that we were together? At this time. I would have my hair and makeup professionally done for the dateline and you know, whatever oxygen <laughs> program would have me. I wouldn't you wouldn't catch me looking rough. I'd be ready. Yeah. I it would
1: be amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Another co-worker testified that in the wake of Randy's death, she had offered a consolatory comment about Randy to Dana, and Dana had replied, Don't be sorry. He was a wicked and evil man. Oh. Can you imagine? Be like, hey, gosh, I heard about Randy. I'm so sorry. That must be so tough on you and tough on your daughter. I just can't imagine. Yeah. Don't you worry about him. He was an evil man.
2: Yeah, boy, how hard would that have been to just be like, thanks so much. Thanks. I appreciate your thoughts Mm -hmm. and concerns. (laughs) Keep (laughs) me in your prayers. Yeah. Oh, no, can't say that
1: can't say that to kind of demonstrate how far Jerry's reach was like what his powers were mm-hmm. as this prophet mm-hmm. they had this woman testify that she had met Jerry after he'd like come to Salina from Kansas he'd sought her out and said that he got a message from God that she was supposed to buy him a church and buy him a house oh. and she fucking did it <laughs> <laughs> <gasps> uh-huh. She bought him a $90,000 house uh-huh. and a $150,000 church uh-huh. and was like, well, okay, if God says so,
2: here you go. It's amazing. And then she was like one of his loyal followers. Well, you'd have to be. Yeah. Oh, it's just that easy, huh? I mean, charisma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you really think he was that charismatic?
1: I don't know. The defense's case was that there was a rush to judgment here and that the investigation into this case was a, quote, house built on sand. Mm. (laughs) So many are in Kansas. (laughs) Investigators had heard the information about the custody battle right after Randy's body had Mm -hmm. been discovered. And they determined right there and then that that was the motive and they'd never looked any further. They argued that all the prosecution had against Dana and Michael was circumstantial. They had never found a murder weapon. Plus, they'd never even bothered to look into a whole host of other people who could have had any reason to kill Randy. Because Randy was a womanizer. He had plenty of enemies and jealous exes all over the place. I mean, just look at his relationship history with Judy. He got someone else pregnant just before he got her pregnant. The defense said... This is a quote. Randall Sheridan was involved in things that can get a man killed. Hmm. In their closing arguments, the prosecution admitted that their case was largely circumstantial. But they said there were just too many coincidences to be explained away. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, neither Dana nor Michael had a concrete alibi for the time that Randy Sheridan was murdered. Dana and Michael were both found guilty guilty and sentenced to life in prison. They would each have to serve 19 years before becoming eligible for parole. To this day, Dana Flynn maintains her innocence and claims she never had anything more than a pastor parishioner relationship with Jerry Rollins. Dana has been denied parole twice and the Parole Board cites her reluctance to claim responsibility for her actions as the driving force behind those denials. Mm. She will be eligible for parole again in 2022. Wow. Michael Dryling served 23 years of his sentence before being released on parole in October of 2019. Following his release... He gave an exclusive interview to Snapped where he admitted publicly for the first time <gasps> that he shot Randy Sheridan. Wow. I'm going to share some snippets of this yeah, interview please. with you. This is what Randy said. The irony is when you're in a cult you don't know it.
2: Mm.
1: Jerry was charismatic. He made people feel special and unique My family was lower middle class, very common, but Jerry had a way of making us feel like God looked at us with particular favor and was really going to bless us. He said that Dana had several conversations with him about Randy sexually abusing their daughter. He said, I think she wanted to reinforce the idea with me and keep reinforcing it A few times to where it would build up and finally, you know, it would make me feel like there was something that had to be done. While this was going on, while he was getting all of this information Mm -hmm. fed to him by Dana, Jerry Rollins was also preaching from the pulpit about how Randy was this horrible man. He was evil and God needed to do something and God would do something. He said Randy was demonized more and more as time went by. That created, I think, a thought in people's minds that he was less than human, or if something were to happen, it really wouldn't be a loss. He said in 1992, in fall of 1992, Dana asked him to show her how to use a shotgun. She told him that the weapon was Jerry Rollins. He said, I don't know where she got it, but it was his that he had given Dana to use. And then she told him that there was a dark reason that she needed to learn how to shoot. Michael said Dana wanted to kill Randy. That was the solution to her problem of her daughter being molested or supposedly being molested. Mm -hmm. I couldn't know for sure, but it might have been a plan for her to kill him by herself. And then she adapted the plan at some point or changed it to include me. He said that after Dana asked for his help, he became more and more conflicted about it. He believed that it contradicted his religious beliefs. And so he sought counsel from Jerry Rollins. He said, I arranged to meet with him and have a private conversation without Dana there. He said, let's pray about it. And after the prayer, he said, I believe God wants this to happen.
2: Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. Michael Dreiling said in this interview with Oxygen, ultimately it was Jerry's persuasion and persistence that convinced me to perceive that this was a righteous thing to do and agree to do it. I mean, the way it was done was textbook cult doctrine.
2: Mm.
1: hmm
2: Wow. Yeah. So he, I can't believe he admitted
1: it. I know. So he's being fed all of this information, yet your niece is being molested. Her, fa- her father is an evil man. His pastor, who he trusts and believes in, is uh-huh. preaching that as God's prophecy from the altar of their church. And yeah. then his sister reaches out to him and is like, I need you to help me with this. And he's so conflicted. Because obviously murder goes against his religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. That he goes and has a private meeting with his pastor. And his pastor's like, yeah, let's pray on it. Yep, God wants you to do it.
2: And that man got four months. Yeah. Yeah. Does that guy still preach there?
1: I believe so.
2: Holy shit.
1: hmm Yeah. Yeah. So... Originally, he tells the he, in this interview, he says, originally, the plan was that they would go to Randy Sheridan's house on December 20th. That would be the day before the big custody hearing. Yeah. They go there and they they'd surprise him and they'd shoot him at his house.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Only when they got there, he wasn't alone. Judy was there and his other daughter was there. And Dana was like, we just got to do it. You've just got to do it. You got to do it right now. But you're going to have to kill everybody because we can't leave any witnesses. And so Michael was like, absolutely not. Nope, I'm out. I'm done. He said he freaked out. Yeah. And they left. He said, that's when I changed my mind. And I ran because I couldn't do that. And then it was December 22nd, 1992. Michael said Dana called him that morning and told him it was the day. And so that afternoon, they drove over to Randy Sheridan's house. He said, we arrived, and we saw him jogging on the road. Dana said, well, there he is. That's the sign that we're looking for. That's the sign? That's the sign. God wants this done. So Dana stopped the car, which got Randy's attention. Mm -hmm. He turned around. It was clear that he recognized Dana. He was like, he, like, put his hands up. And Dana yelled, now, now. And so Michael pulled out the shotgun and he shot Randy three times. And Randy fell to the ground. Michael said, when Randy fell to the ground, that's when I stopped. The gravity of it really started to sink into me at that time, just how wrong this was. He said that despite the fact that he was seriously wounded, Randy was still alive and Dana told him he needed to finish him off. And he refused. He said, I don't remember saying anything. So she took the gun from me and went over and fired the last two shots. And then she got back in the car and told him he needed to get rid of the weapon. In this interview, he says that at the time of his arrest, he still believed that Randy was a bad person. Right. He believed that he was molesting his niece. Mm -hmm. He believed all of that. He said he didn't see the truth until he was sitting on trial. Shit. He said, I realized that Dana and Jerry would lie about anything to get their way about whatever they wanted done. At the end of his interview, he said, He knows that nothing he says can ever make amends for his crimes, Mm -hmm. but he hopes that his willingness to be open and honest about Randy's murder can bring some solace to Randy's family. And he finished by saying, I know that Dana still claims that she's innocent and didn't have anything to do with this, but I don't understand that. Why not tell the truth at this point? I agree. Yeah. One article, okay, and I only saw this one place. So there's a snapped episode about this case, right? And at the end of the snapped episode, it says that Randy and Dana's daughter was raised by Dana's family mm-hmm. following his murder.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Another article says that Jerry Rollins became her legal guardian.
2: Oh shit!
1: I hope that that is not true. Ugh. That is terrifying.
2: Yeah, no kidding.
1: Yeah. Oh. Jerry a- Rollins, yeah. Sir, four four months. Ooh. Dana, still in prison to this day, refuses to take, still maintains her innocence, says she never uh-huh. was in a relationship with Pastor Rollins. Oh good Lord, give it up. I lady. know, right? Give it up, yeah. What's the point of that? Yeah. And Michael feels like he was completely led astray by the people he trusted most. Wow. God wants this to happen. Oh, spiritual abuse. Yeah. Yeah. I just can't get over the part where he's like, he's like, I felt so conflicted. I know this is against my religion. So I'm going to go talk to my pastor about it. And my pastor prays on it and says, nope. Yep. God wants you to do it. That's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. I think this is very much a cult. That was a fascinating case. Isn't it fascinating? Yeah, yeah. It really was. Yeah. Those poor two daughters.
1: I know. Yeah.
3: Ugh. Whew
2: Okay. Whew. So this week I don't have a case. Yeah. I just decided, you know, Yes. take more time. It's funny with this podcast, it's always so fun. Yeah. And I always like even when it's high pressure, it's like, well oh, yeah. I, I look forward to it. and this week with Peanut Gone I was just kinda like, nope, I wanna Yeah. I wanna chill. So of course. thank you everyone for yeah. indulging me.
1: How dare you take time for your own
2: mental health, Chris? Well, it is outrageous. <laughs> Did you see the new Britney documentary? I have not seen it yet. Have you watched it? I was a little disappointed. Honestly. Were you
1: really? Yeah. OK, I've read a bunch of articles about it, but I haven't seen it yet.
2: OK, I was really hoping they'd have interviews with people close to her or some kind of bigger revelations. But I mean, if you're even just casually well informed yeah. about the conservatorship, There's you're really. There's nothing new. No. Oh, that's disappointing. I mean, still watch it. Yeah, it's I'm going to watch bitch, it. Yeah, but, it's pretty bitch. That's so <laughs> Uh Yeah, but her her dad seems like a real bag of dicks.
1: Yeah, giant bag of dicks.
2: Yeah, and she seems pretty fucking competent. Yeah, to be handling her own shit. Yeah. Anyway, that's my opinion. <laughs> You know what we haven't talked about? (gasps) What's that? The Patreon. Oh, the Patreon, darling. Yes. Mm. Yes. Let's talk about the Patreon. You know, a lot of you just can't get enough of us. I mean, who can blame you? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) We hear it all the time from anyone. Just ask anybody. That's right. (laughs) Ask
1: anyone. Just wherever you're at right now, just look around and say, hey. What do you know about LGTC's Patreon? <laughs> and they'll
2: say what? <laughs> so if you want more of us at the five dollar level on Patreon, you can get bonus episodes, meaty boys, meaty boy bonus. We episodes. call them because they're not thin boys. They're nope. not. We're not skimping. No, nope. it's a meaty boy episode, That's full right. length episode. You also get full th- length meat. That's right. Okay. <laughs> Don't make it weirder than I already made it. Also at that level, you get into the Discord to chat the day away. At the $7 level, you get all that plus bonus videos. Mm. This month, what are you doing,
1: Brandy? I'm revealing the cookie secret. Mm-hmm. We So a while back, we said mm-hmm. if we hit 1,700 patrons mm-hmm. that I would reveal my secret cook recipe. I'm
2: very excited. And we've done it. So that's the bonus video this month. Uh-huh. I'm, you guys... These cookies, out of this world. <laughs> Just say, this I, really, I think people are going to be pretty let down by the secret. No, Brandy, they won't. Okay, <laughs> they'll watch it and they'll be like, "Really?" But then they'll make it and they'll be like, "Oh my oh god, my this god. really is a game changer. It really because, is a game see, changer. I can see you getting insecure. I am. I am You're inse- getting insecure. Yes. But the cookies speak for themselves. <laughs> okay, excellent. They are talking cookies. Uh, also, at that level, you get. Inducted into the Supreme Court. That's right. What more could you ask for? Oh, what's that? You could ask for a sticker with our autographs? With a card, that's right. All right, fine. Go ahead, take it. Yeah. Then, at the $10 level, that's the the Bob Bob Moss level, you get all that, plus ad-free episodes a day early, 10% off on merch.
1: Whoa, holy it's oh, oh. amazing. I thought
2: she was going to say five percent off, but no. no, she Whoa. said ten, all the way to ten. Oh my <laughs> gosh! <laughs> how are they making any money? <laughs> I love your
0: your our listener commentary. No. That you're filling in there. Christine.
2: That's how everyone sounds. <laughs> oh my oh. gosh! Oh my land! Ten percent off that really adds up. <laughs> and at this point in the episode... <laughs> oh my gosh, we just got an order on the merch store. must have hurt me. Hurt. Oh, oh, 10%, 10% percent, huh? huh? I better get on this. <laughs> <laughs> so now we will move on to questions from our Discord. Ooh. Oh, I think this is a good question
1: because... Um, A review once accused me of being one of those hateful, childless women. Oh, yeah. That really hurt your feelings. It really did hurt my feelings. I didn't write this down. Ask Brandy. Since becoming a mom, do you find it a little more difficult to read stories about children? And I do. I honestly do. Mm -hmm. It hits me differently. Um, I remember really specifically one of the first cases that you did after I came back from having London was that horrible house fire case.
2: Oh yeah. Um
1: where the man was convicted and then it was later determined that
2: mm-hmm.
1: he probably did not start the fire, like no. Billy Joel said. Exactly. And and in that case the children died in the fire and yeah. all I could picture was was London yeah. being in that nursery. Yeah. yeah. So it does. It just it totally changes the way that I hear cases or read cases. Yeah, so I'm no longer one of those hateful childless <laughs> women.
2: <laughs> Is that a thing? Um no, just I think sometimes people say online stuff like oh, one of those blah, blah, blahs. And it's like, yeah. well, that's not really a thing. But, I mean, I do think there are some people who just aren't sensitive to, I mean, you weren't sensitive to the child stuff. Yeah, I really wasn't. Yeah. You big asshole. Yeah, I
1: only, as, as the review stated, I only covered child murder <laughs> prior to having London.
2: Exclusively child
1: <laughs> Exclusively murder. Exclusively child murder. <laughs> Kate Tate asks, what do you stress eat? Okay, so I think I'm a weird stress eater. I'm sure you are. You you probably even have a weird way of eating something when you're okay. stressful. Okay. When I stress eat, mm-hmm. I will literally stand in my kitchen uh-huh. and I'll be like, "Which thing is going to make me feel less stressed?" It's so I'll eat like three potato chips. Nope, that's not doing it. Yeah. Put that away. Uh-huh. How about these three M and Ms? Nope, that's not doing it. So I like I have like a little sample. Yeah. of a million things, and then I'm done. <laughs> they call that a shark coochie board. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Do you have a specific food that you stress eat? No, but I am the exact same way. Uh And Norman makes fun because it's never stuff that sounds good together. No. It's like cashews, some cheese. Yes. uh, Pickles. You know, like it's just kind of whatever we've got. And yeah, I, although it sounds like you're a little less messy. You said like you'll eat it, put it away. No. I do. I put it away. My kitchen island just becomes, becomes like, yeah. Yeah. Because you might need to go back and get more of Well, okay. This goes back to how you and I are different eaters. How yeah. you, you don't want anything to touch. Yeah, I'm not a
1: big I'm not into that. Yeah. I'm not gonna put I'm certainly not gonna put anything on, on
2: anything else either. Yeah. And me throw it all in the mouth. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Throw it all up. <laughs> That's how I roll.
1: Uh. Oh, this is a question for you, Kristen. Okay. Mm. Data Sovich asks, who's that guy in your profile picture behind you?
2: Oh, OK. So in Discord, I have a picture up of uh, myself looking at a picture of Tom Pendergrast. Yeah. That's um, Kansas City crime boss. That's right. Uh, yeah, that's right. Sometimes I go fancy places. Well, that was obviously a couple years yeah. ago when I was allowed out of the house. Past life. <laughs> I say I was allowed out of the house. Like I'm, I'm under house, house arrest. arrest yeah. Feels like it.
1: Ooh, all right. Kristen's Bed Bath & Beyond Bags coming back. Mm-hmm. Wants to know, would you rather fight 100 duck-sized elephants or
2: one elephant-sized duck? Duck-sized elephants. I think so, too. Yeah. Elephants are fucking huge. Yeah. And they kill people. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I,
1: I'm going to go 100. Was, yeah, 100 duck-sized elephants. Mm-hmm. Although, I really like elephants. I don't want to fight an
2: elephant. Even if they are duck-sized. I'd probably just try and hug them. I think you would be over that urge real quick when they started stampeding you. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I'm picturing myself like Gulliver. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. All right. All right. All right.
1: Down Bitch says, Can you say congratulations to my friend Elizabeth, who got me into LGTC? She just got her results back yesterday that she is cancer free. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Congratulations, Congratulations, Elizabeth. Holy shit. Oh my goodness. Fuck cancer. Yeah, that's right. LZ asks, Favorite Super Bowl commercial? Because my sense of humor is so sophisticated, my Mm -hmm. favorite was the Beavis and Butthead Paramount commercial.
2: I'm amazed you were allowed to laugh at all during that Super Bowl. <laughs> that was before the game started. Okay, okay, Or like at the very beginning of the game. <laughs> it, was, it was very early in when I could still laugh yeah. through the tears. <laughs> Kicked Corgi wants to know, when you two finally leave your men for each other, do you think David and Norm will get together? <laughs> you know, I think David and Norm would be a nice couple. I do too. Um, Kind of because you and norm are very similar and you and david are very similar so really would it be that different <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> if we did a switcheroo tonight would anyone really know <laughs> i think david and norm would actually have a great time i together, do too because they've they got would. a lot in common they really do Maybe would, we're standing
1: in their way. I mean, yeah, it. it's like,
2: it, would they enjoy banging each other? I mean, we almost ought to just let them let figure it, see it out. It, see, it, see yeah. how it feels. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Toasty and Mellow asks, what's London up to these days? She is growing like a weed. She's getting so big. Hmm. She's crawling and rolling around like crazy. She can get anywhere she wants to. She has this new trick. So my mom watches her while I'm at work and stuff and she has this like she has this little chair she sits in at my mom's and it's kind of like I don't know, like kind of cradles her in it yeah. for for safety. Yeah. Well, she now has figured out how to roll over in it. And then crawl out of it, like climb out of it.
2: Good Lord. Yeah. She's seven months old. Is that the chair that when you described it, Norman wanted one for himself? Yes. <laughs> it, is. it is. Yes. It's the kind that basically helps you sit up yeah. on your own. Yes. Yeah. Norman was like, oh, wow. Yeah, that was great. I mean, to tell
1: him, like, this is for infants, Norm. Uh, London is also eating, finally. She uh, was very slow to take to, like, baby food. She just was not interested in it at all. Like, like her she, mother, she's a right. you know, picky eater. Very picky eater. Now she loves her fruits and veggies. So hmm. she's doing great. <laughs>
2: Carl's Jr. says, y'all keep saying that Norm hasn't been on the podcast because he's too busy with gaming historian stuff, but then you also tell a lot of stories about him working out in the yard. It sounds like you're having a hard time keeping your story straight. (laughs) Anything you'd like to say about that? Just a reminder, this is being recorded. (laughs) (laughs) No, what? Um, I've got a receipt right here. That's right. Right here in my pocket. We both went to Target and we bought one thing and one thing only. (laughs)
1: Ooh, prayers for Norm's butthole says <laughs> you did an episode a year ago where you interviewed the dog lady of Lansing Prison. Who, from what case in the last year, would you love to interview and why? So I have a two. I have two that okay. I think could be very good, um, and they're both wrongful convictions. Okay, I think Ryan Ferguson would be oh amazing you just to interview. Stare into his dream. I do want to stare into we his dream. We couldn't eyes. interview
2: him because we've but been he, too
1: creepy. Uh, you're right. We would be super creepy, but he has done a lot of work. Um, in like the wrongful conviction space, so I think right. that he would be very interesting. I had, I had trouble getting that word out, <laughs> and he would be very interesting to to interview. Mm-hmm. The other um, is Pete Coons, and he's local. He's the guy who was <gasps> framed. Yes. Oh, man. and went to prison for twelve years. Oh, that'd be interesting. Realistically. We might, we like, if I tried hard enough, I might be able to do that. But I think I'd be too nervous. I
2: know. I know. That's the thing is I. <laughs> that was the thing with Toby's that we had, like, like, you had a connection to yeah, her. Yeah. It was, yeah. I, I knew her really, yes. really well. So it, it wasn't really, like, a scary thing to be like, yeah. hey, come back to my house, yeah. you know, where you've been many times. Right. Exactly. Mm. Yeah.
1: Man. 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 Best friends, yours, Yasmin, says, if you could meet a celebrity, who would it be? Besides Dak Shepard, okay. What I have a I have an obsession right now. What? Who is it? Colin Jost. I just read his book.
2: Oh, did you really? It's good, isn't it? It's so good. I didn't expect to cry. What part made you cry?
1: When he talks about his mom. I knew that would be the part. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: I loved his book. I've always loved him. I love him on Weekend Update. Uh-huh. I, um, I saw his movie that his little indie movie that he oh wow wrote, You're a directed. Real fan. Uh-huh. Yes, I've always I've I've always really liked him, and he's just so handsome. <laughs> I was going to say he is
2: your type. He is one hundred percent
1: my type of handsome. He's just got a perfect face. Yeah.
2: Um. I really liked when he talked about dealing with negative comments. Oh, yeah. He talked about how, I thought it was so interesting, that when people said he was bad at Weekend Update, he took that to mean, I am a bad person. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, that really hits. Hits oh, yeah. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) Yes. But no, his book is so good. What's it called? A Punchable Face? Very Punchable Face. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. Really liked his book.
1: It was excellent.
2: Hmm. Okay, we're getting a a few questions from people and some aren't even questions, they're just nice comments about Peanut. I do want to I do want to say maybe some things that have helped me this week. Absolutely. Um, one thing I did that I thought would be absolutely fucking awful, but turned out to be like one of the few things that actually made me feel better was I sat down and I wrote a long letter to Peanut. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, and I mean, it was not concise at all, and it was just thanking her for being in my life and for you know just telling her how much I love her and like you know going through all our years together and what we did. And it was honestly, it was like magic. Yeah, writing that letter and getting that out. Um, the other—that's amazing. Oh, it. It felt so good. Yeah. It felt so good to write it all down. And I think that that really helped me turn the corner from being so upset about her loss to really thinking about, like, we had such an amazing life yes. together. Yeah, it was, we had so much fun together. I loved her so much. She loved me so much. Yeah. I'm. Yeah, it just kind of shifted. Yeah. It shifted things so much to think about, okay, we had 13... Amazing amazing years years together and, you know, one bad day, you know. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. The other thing that helped, and this is one that like, so I've always thought people who keep their pets ashes are weird. Mm hmm. And so literally, I think from day one with Peanut, it scared me how much I loved her. Mm-hmm. And so I would think about, like, okay, when she goes, you know, I will spread her ashes here or there. And right. the thing is, like, I've moved so many times. So I was thinking, you know, I've kind of updated that in my head of, like, where I would want to spread her ashes. Uh-huh. Um but then like my parents moved and that was gonna be a place yeah. and it's like, well, I'm not gonna like go bust onto somebody's property yeah. and then the other thing is like, okay, so I'm gonna spread her ashes and never be never uh, be around. Around, yeah. around them again. Um and Norman a couple days after Peanut died, said, just said, We're gonna keep her. Uh-huh. We're just gonna keep her. Yeah. And that was the first time I smiled in like three days. Yeah. Um, Because it was so reassuring to know that, no, we're just going to, you know, he's going to make a a little box for her. He's going to do something nice and we're just going to keep her ashes. Yeah. I think it's so funny because, like, my whole life with Peanut, I was always like, I'm not a crazy dog person, but I am going to buy a dog stocking for my dog. (laughs) I'm like, I would do these things and, like. You know, it's like all the way to the end, like, I'm not a crazy dog person, but, you know, I am. Yeah. Hello. Yes. And so, you know, there are just a few things that have made me feel so much better. Um, knowing that we're going to keep her has made me feel a lot better. Yeah. Um, this morning, so, well, Norman and I have just gone through tons of old pictures of her. I'm getting a bunch of them printed, which I've realized... I've I've never been good about printing out pictures. Oh, yeah. And I'm always kinda like, you know, especially with peanut, it's like, well I see her all day, every day. I don't really need a picture. Well, yeah. now I need pictures. Absolutely. And now I'm like really wishing I had pictures of her right this second. Yeah. So anyway, we're doing that too. But it's great. It is great, brandy. Sweet peanut. Yeah. She was so lucky to have you. It's so weird to not have her. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. This house sucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've also realized That there are so many noises That I attributed to her That weren't her <laughs> Turns out my cats are really fucking noisy <laughs> Norman and I are going through that Like this past week has been a solid Thing of like oh my god did you know Boo made so much noise going up the stairs Like no I no. thought that was a 40 pound dog I <laughs> hmm. uh, miss that girl
1: Ooh, Kristen, I really feel like this question is for you. Mm-hmm. Silicon asks, "Which fast food restaurant chain would you pick to meet with a hitman?" <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh well, it—I mean, it really all depends. <laughs> Am I trying to fly under the radar because I can't go to Taco Bell? Then <laughs> why? <laughs> Well, they if you know I, you at Taco Bell, if I'm trying to be like, oh, it couldn't possibly have been me, oh, I never go. Right. There. I
1: never go. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's you true. You know where
2: I never go? Where? Arby's. Okay. Don't go to Arby's. So, so you're I would pay, you get yourself a Jamocha shake. No, that sounds disgusting. Curly <laughs> okay, I do lo- I love a curly fry. I do love a curly <laughs> fry, but like roast beef sandwich, pass. Jamocha shake, pass. So you're just getting curly fries? Yeah, they got mozzarella sticks. Okay, this this is my issue. You can't do all that well. You gotta <laughs> yeah. you gotta narrow, narrow it down. down. <laughs> yeah, Yep. See, I would see that menu and be like, impossible. Okay, what? you know what they have there that seriously kicks ass. <laughs> <laughs> what cherry
1: turnovers? That's like their dessert. Really, and it's good. It's good. But you gotta get them fresh. Okay. Sometimes they're hard and it's not as good.
2: Okay. Here's
1: the other thing. Okay. <laughs> they might tell you it's a cherry turnover mm-hmm. and then you get home and it turns out it's an apple racing turnover. <laughs> which is just the I'm sure you, worst surprise ever. I'm sure
2: you handled that great. <laughs> okay, where would you go? Um Long John Silvers. Oh yeah, you would never go to a Long nope, John Silvers. I wouldn't. <laughs> Do you not eat
1: seafood? You no, not- I like seafood. Okay, okay. I like seafood. I think I've never had an experience with Long John Silver's that didn't end up in the bathroom. So.
2: <laughs> That's
3: disgusting.
2: <laughs> I don't know the last time I even went to a oh, Long John Silver. Yeah, I don't, I don't even. I have no idea. I think for me, there's, there's a point where I'm like... No, I want to pay more than this for seafood. For seafood, yes. I'm in the middle of the country. <laughs> yes! and this should be more than four dollars. <laughs> this is really scary. Yes.
3: Uh... <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> what? Brandy, seeing that you can fit your whole fist to your mouth, which how do you know that best
2: friend <laughs> yours, Yasmin? Have I mentioned that on the show before? Yeah, you have. You've bragged about it, I think, more than once. What? <laughs> yeah, that you can fit your whole fist to no, your I mouth. I can't fit my whole fist to my mouth. I'm just surprised that I've said that on this show <laughs> before. Abs- I have a picture of you doing it. Oh, yeah. From high school. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that's, that's cool. That's quite the achievement. I could probably <laughs> update that photo. Yeah. How- so
1: she goes on to ask, how many marshmallows do you think you can fit in your mouth, a.k.a. the Chubby Bunny Challenge? You know, every time—did you ever—did
2: we ever play that? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, do you remember the one time that I that we did it with Milk Duds? No. Yeah, we did it in Christine's basement. Okay. We did it with Milk Duds. <laughs> you I fit, love Milk Duds. I fit 31 Milk Duds in my mouth. <laughs> And was it the best <laughs> night of your life? That it was terrible because then I couldn't move my mouth. Yeah. And I had thirty-one milk glasses yeah. there, just like melting away. <laughs> okay, big marshmallows. Mm-hmm.
2: Ten. I bet you could do ten. Yeah, yeah. It, but you know what I always think of when I think of Chubby Bunny? Hmm. A very special episode of the Oprah Winfrey program. Oh, yeah. Somebody's like daughter choked and Choked died. to death. During playing, Chubby Bunny. Yes, yes. And so they went on the Oprah show to like tell people stop playing don't that. game. don't play Chubby Bunny anymore. I had no idea. So
1: we will not test we it. We will not. But the answer is thirty one milk duds.
2: <laughs> I'm <laughs> lucky I did not choke and die that day. I'm sure you have a conversion chart in the back of your
1: cookbook. <laughs> yes. Kerberm asks, What TV shows have you guys been watching? Okay. I am a million years behind. Okay. One million exactly. Okay. This so week, you don't have a TV at all. This week I watched on Netflix what The Staircase.
2: <gasps> Brandy, you are a million years I behind. Am. It's so good, isn't it? Oh my god, I can't believe Holy you finally shit, watched it. It was
1: so good. Okay. Hey. I so then I told Casey that I need mm. her to watch it because I need to discuss it with her. Oh, my
2: God. Is she also a million years fat?
1: <laughs> yeah. She said she watched the first episode and thought it was boring and never no! went back. And I agree. The first episode is kind of boring. It gets so fucking good, though.
2: What What are your thoughts?
1: I'm scared to say it with a microphone in front of me.
2: Say it. We'll cut it if you want to cut it.
1: I think he might not be guilty.
2: I don't think he's guilty at all. Yeah. I really don't think he's guilty. No. And and I've I've said my opinion on this uh-huh. podcast before. I've watched The Staircase three times now. Uh-huh. Um, I really think that he comes across weird. Yeah, he comes across kind of flowery, which yeah. and by flowery I mean like his language. Yeah, is his flowery. language. Yeah, he's fancy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that comes across as fake to people. Mm-hmm. But when you watch the documentary, you realize oh, no, he talks that way. All the All time. All the time. He always speaks in flowery language. He always speaks as if he's writing a novel uh-huh. in his because head. he's a novelist. And I don't know. I to me. Yeah. It really just seems like it was bad luck. I just. I, agree. I think she. I think she fell down I think the she, stairs. I think she fell. I think
1: that the. That the dramatization they did where she fell and then slipped in the blood and fell again. And that explains how yeah. I think it makes so much sense. Yeah. I, yeah, I was very simple because I thought I knew the case. Mm-hmm. I thought I knew the case. And I was yeah. like, well, I'm just going to watch this and see how full of shit this guy is.
2: Mm-hmm. No. I don't think he's full of shit at all. I loved his attorney. Yes, yeah,
1: I thought oh, he was so. I good. Actually, he's actually doing like a a thing for the Kansas Bar Association, like for their continuing education, where he's going to do like a lecture, really? and stuff. And I was like, Do I have to be a member of the bar association
2: <laughs> to take that? Do I have to go to law school just, so I can go <laughs> just to like do this so thing? Can, all right, just I will. So I
1: can hear David Rudolph talk. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, that the staircase is so good. It's so good.
1: I've, yeah, so since I told Casey to watch it, I've now asked her like four times if mm-hmm. she's watched it yet. Mm-hmm. And three of those were on the same day. And she <laughs> said, no, and if you ask me again, I will not watch it. <laughs> so. Well, well, that's just rude of her. <laughs> hmm.
2: Hmm. Also, it would be fascinating if that trial took place today. Oh, yeah. Because so much of it was like oh, he's, he's a bisexual. He is bisexual. He's a bisexual bisexual, oh my God
1: <laughs> I completely agree.
2: And okay, I'm gonna be a huge bitch. Uh-huh. That prosecutor's eye makeup. Oh, it's atrocious. Have you heard of a blending yeah. brush, ma'am?
1: No. no, she has not.
2: She has not what she needed was a bisexual man to teach her how to blend her eyeshadow. Am I right? I do. Do
1: you think it's possible that Kathleen knew he was bisexual?
2: Yeah. I do too.
1: Yeah. And they were like, do you think that this woman had any idea that her
2: husband Yes, I think it's very possible. Yeah, I I think at that time in North Carolina, yeah. that was like Unfathomable mm-hmm. to a lot of people, yeah. but yeah, I think it's it's also possible that she didn't know, yeah. and and that yeah, it would make her really mad. As yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. If, if someone was being unfaithful, sure, that sure. would make you mad. Yeah. But yeah, I also think it's totally possible that she knew he was by. Yeah, I do too. I, yeah, uh, yeah,
1: but yeah, the, I actually, I, I. Went away from that documentary feeling very sorry for him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that he loved her very much. Mm -hmm. I believe that they had a
2: great relationship. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. No, he didn't love her because he was bisexual. He was
3: a bisexual. Oh, my God. Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) Sound the alarm. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) And he looked at pornography <gasps> hardcore pornography,
2: pornography. <laughs> oh. you guys if you haven't seen this i mean it is it is wild, wild how scandalized this <laughs> yes. woman is by the idea that <laughs> someone could be into dudes and ladies <laughs> It's a show that he made it up. Yeah.
1: He like invented some bisexuality. Yes, he's the inventor of
2: bisexuality. This man here invented bisexuality. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I loved it. I I'm offended. I've been trying to get you to watch that for fucking years. <laughs> okay, because I watched the first episode.
1: I I watched the first. Ep- mm-hmm. I've seen the first episode mm-hmm. probably three times, mm-hmm. and I was just like, meh, meh. Mm-hmm. And then this time I powered through.
2: Oh, it's so fucking good, Brandy. I have tried to tell you many times <laughs> that I am an influencer, <laughs> and so when I tell you <laughs> to watch something, you should be influenced. <laughs> Oh, man. Anyway, if you like me are one million
1: years behind and have never seen The Staircase, mm-hmm. fucking get on it and watch
2: it. Okay. 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 Bed, bath, and backseat wants to know is there any woo woo stuff you're into? Acupuncture, crystals, et cetera?
3: Ooh. Oh, Brandy's
2: thinking. Thinking about the woo hmm. woo.
3: Woo
1: woo. I'm very interested in trying acupuncture. Oh, are you really? I am. Why? Why does it? Well, interest you? okay. Because I think, I I think it could be cool. Mm-hmm. I also think reflexology seems very cool. I'd like to try those things, mm-hmm. and because there are certain things like, um, like I'm terrified to go to the chiropractor. I will never go to the chiropractor. Yeah. So I feel like this might be, you know, like a yeah. different version of that. Yeah. Be- okay, so when I worked. For Walgreens. Yeah. I think I've told this story you before. Have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was one of the managers of my store. His wife went to the chiropractor and was paralyzed. Yeah. So I'm terrified to go to the chiropractor. Yeah, I mean, that would but scare the shit out of lots of hairstylists regularly go to... The chiropractor because like you're standing all yeah, day, moving yeah, 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 do weird positions and stuff like that. I'm doing weird positions right now. Yeah, thank I'm you. also doing the robot right now, which is how <laughs> I cut hair. So, <laughs> and it,
2: she charges more as she should because you know she's adding on an extra little experience for you. Yeah,
1: but I got, so I got a lot of tightness. Yeah, in my in my scapular region.
2: That's not a region. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So I think. Of the two of us, I'm more woo woo yeah. than you are. Yeah. How many
1: crystals you got? You got rose quartz over there, making you feel good. I do have some crystals. <laughs>
2: <laughs> They've all been given to me. Yeah. Um, let's see. You know something? Here's the thing. I'm more of an aspiring woo wooer. Yeah, because I'm like, okay, I really should meditate. Yeah. I need to do yoga. I feel like I would love yoga. Okay, every time I've done yoga,
1: I have fucking loved it and I find it so relaxing. Right. But then the idea of doing yoga, I'm
2: like... "Mm." Yeah, what the hell is that about, right? I don't know.
1: You know what what I want to
2: do? What do you want to do? Goat yoga. Is that where you do yoga with a goat?
1: Yeah, and the goats climb on you (laughs) while you do yoga.
2: That seems really weird. Like, to go from... Oh, I I don't do yoga much, but I'm gonna just jump ahead to the goat, goat
1: yoga. Well, I feel like it's kind of like a inter, it's like an
2: introductory level yoga. I disagree. I disagree. Like, it's like you know, kind of just like you know, fun novelty yoga. If I'm a goat. And I, I have to decide: Do I want someone who is in tabletop regularly, versus someone who's just trying this out for the first time? I want, I want that flat back.
1: where well, goats can like stand sideways on a mountain, Kristen. <laughs> I think a goat can climb on me just fine. It's
2: just another place to shit. <laughs> oh, can you? Okay, okay. Would you be cool about a goat shitting all over you? I would ha- it's not its fault that would have to be. Yeah.
1: I've come into its mm-hmm. habitat. Mhm. Yes, yeah, so if it shits on me, it shits on me.
2: That's a very healthy way to view it. Yeah. <laughs> I would love some video of that. <laughs> Ooh.
1: Skuncharino asks. Hmm. Would you rather be a master detective? Or a master criminal? Ooh. Master detective. Same. Yeah. Yeah. I want to solve the crimes. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't be able to handle being a
2: criminal. I'm way too anxious. (laughs) Maybe that's part of being a master criminal as your anxiety goes away. Think about that. (laughs) Huh? Uh, Think about that for a second. (laughs) And it doesn't really say what type of crimes you're doing. Probably just
1: fucking art heist out the ass.
2: What if you were the best art heister ever? That sounds
1: terrible. (laughs) Okay,
2: fine. I won't make you do it. Jeez. Jeez. (laughs) You know what I think we should do now? Supreme Court inductions? Yeah. This week, we are reading your names and favorite cookies.
1: Maureen Hilton.
2: Sugar cookies with sprinkles.
1: Lindsay Reams.
2: Snickerdoodles. Liz Welch. Samoas. Danae. Snickerdoodle. Kyla. Grasshoppers. Randy. Peanut butter with Hershey Kiss on top. Sarah. Peanut butter no bake. Eileen Bell. Peanut butter blossom. Anna. Oatmeal cookies. Mariah. Peanut butter chocolate chip.
1: Samantha. Chocolate chip with walnuts. 50-year-old mattress,
2: buttery shortbread, gin brown, ginger snap, amber newman, grandma strong's chocolate crinkle cookies, cat desai, cookie cake,
1: michelle nicholson, salted caramel, cash rivero,
2: chocolate chip, christine taylor, mega stuffed oreos, megan, snickerdoodles,
1: welcome to the supreme
2: court. Are Kristen did a whole lot of hand yeah. motions there. But I've got a question: Are Snickerdoodles like the new basic bitch cookie? I mean, Everybody, I guess. I mean, I love Snickerdoodles.
1: Snickerdoodles are great, but they got to be just right. I like a chewy Snickerdoodle, not a crumbly Snickerdoodle. All right. What do you like?
2: I don't know that I've ever met a Snickerdoodle I
1: didn't like. Oh, okay. All right. Also, I think we've decided that, that we've learned that Snickerdoodles are an American cookie because there's all kinds of people who've been in the Discord. They're like, what is a Snickerdoodle? And they are alarmed to find out it has nothing to do with a Snickers candy bar.
2: Yeah, which, you know, I can understand <laughs> yeah. how that would be alarming. Yeah. Although it would look like someone took a big fat turd on your cookie if, like, you just set one of those little mini, yeah. Yeah, fun
1: size Snicker uh-huh. right on there. Yeah, it would. Mm-hmm. Although
2: I would eat it. I would eat it, too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: On that note (laughs) Thank you guys For all of your support We appreciate it so much If you're looking for other ways to support us Please find us on social media We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, Patreon Please remember to subscribe to the podcast Wherever you listen And head on over to Apple Podcasts Leave us a rating, leave us a review And then be sure to join us
2: next week When we'll be experts on two whole new topics Podcast Podcast adjourned. adjourned And now for a note about our process. I read a bunch of stuff, then regurgitate it all back up in my very limited vocabulary.
1: And I copy and paste from the best sources on the web,
2: and sometimes Wikipedia. So we owe a huge thank you to the real experts.
1: I got my info from an episode of Snapped, Oxygen.com, the Salina Journal, and the Lawrence Journal World.
2: For a full list of our sources, visit lgtcpodcast.com.
1: Any errors are of course ours, but please don't take our word for it. Go read their stuff.